got a cup of tea. Hi, Praveen. Welcome to uh, Bridging Psychology and Spirituality, where I think today we're going to explore what you've been involved with for a few years, healing and tarot, but it's focusing uh, mostly on the tarot. But um, before we go in to find out a bit more about that and have a general conversation about our experiences of using the tarot um, it, and finding out about who you are in your journey, um, just for anyone that's listening in, I think you have a special offer that if anyone contacts you within the next 60 days, you'd be able to give them uh, 25% off the usual price for a tarot reading um, or if they're in the local Twickenham uh uh, Hampton area they'll be able to get some face-to-face -face, uh, healing as well um, we'll put your link email address which one you want to use uh, at the bottom of the YouTube page so people can click on that um, but the offer I think the code was Mel Tarot um, yeah. if they use that they'll be able to get the discount with you yeah, yeah basically an 80 pounds one hour reading reduced to 60 pounds Brilliant. That's great. So welcome and uh, great to see you. We've just had, uh, as I usually do with the people that I work with, uh, a conversation uh, behind the scenes. And I've actually just experienced your really nice uh, relaxation uh, session that you uh, I know you run a couple of times a week. And I think if we have time towards the end or it might be in part two, it'd be nice to look at that uh, again on a deeper level. But in terms of the tarot and you, so tell me about you and your journey uh, and uh, and how you ended up dabbling in the tarot. Yeah, thanks. Uh, is it Mel or Melanie do you prefer? Mel's fine, yeah. Um, I think like a lot of people, I um, I was in need. I was in need. Uh, so I'd reached, I think, my uh, my late 20s. Uh, if you know any astrologists, they'll refer to, refer to it as your Saturn's return. Um, and for the first time, I think I was starting to really feel my energy dropping uh, on a permanent level and I couldn't seem to recover no matter how much sleep I'd had. Um, and at that point, I'd uh, dabbled in. I'd done a Reiki course, I think. I'd been to meditation courses. Um, I'd uh, been to mind, body, spirit shows. I mean, those are fantastic things to get exposure. Um, mm. And I, I just think that whole new age movement, I, I was just very open to it. And at that point, it was just a uh, just a hobby kind of thing. But when I hit, it was somewhere between 28, it was actually 30, I was really struggling with my energy levels. It was like exhaustion. And uh, I suddenly had to really start looking at uh, uh, yoga, um, uh, healing from a lovely spiritualist church, a local spiritualist church I went to on a regular basis, just to see what could pick up my energy. And I was in pain. And it was a very strange kind of abstract kind of pain. But over the years, I couldn't really. The only thing I think comes close to understanding what the pain was is, is when doctors, I think, describe people who are burn victims and they feel uh, burnt, but they can't localize it. They can't pick up on wow. it. So I was in this kind of really strange, abstract kind of pain. And I had to almost like a, um, uh, uh, by trial and error, try different things to, to see what would give me, what would alleviate the pain. Um, and uh, I found that healing helps. That was very soothing. But yoga gave me huge peace of mind. Um, and so I mentioned all these things because tarot was there in the background, but that was just a hobby. Um, and it's just a bit of fun. And I had a reading from people before and it, and it seemed kind of to make me feel better about myself. And I had no real direction at that point in my life. Um, and then really through the duration of my 30s, 
I suddenly realized not having had uh, what I would call a, a formal career, even though I'd had a degree in chemistry um, and I'd done a lot of uh, a sales work, which I was really into and a lot of bar work, which I sort of fell back on when I needed money. Um, suddenly I thought, actually, hang on, you know, this, this could be a career as, as I was working on myself. Uh, and then, um, I mean, a good few years later, um, I ended up in a shop called Organic Mind, and I suddenly thought, uh, after years of this kind of uh, working on myself, it was time to, to kind of bring it out. And um, the first thing the, the, the shop owner said, lovely lady called Emma, and really balanced, I would say, by the way, because um, she was, even though she ran this mind-body-spirit shop, um, her, her and her partner have a pub in uh, Brentford. So I, I felt that was a really balanced thing, that they, they weren't so kind of into all this kind of stuff. Um, it was kind of helpful. But the first thing she said was, well, you know, the main thing that we do are tarot readings. And I knew I'd really pushed it out there and, and I was kind of like really committed. So I said, that's fine. Even though I'd never um, really professionally offered a tarot reading, I had done many tarot readings in the past just for the fun of it. You know, family, they'd always ask, oh, you bring, brought your cards with you and uh, their eyes would light up. And uh, I suddenly realized I needed to formalize it. So I spent about five, five years with these guys uh, in Richmond, lovely shop in Richmond and um, really baptism by fire and got to to know the, the tarot and, and it's not as bad as it sounds I mean sometimes I think it's a real it's a it's a really bad way of selling myself but um, I've never stepped foot in a in a tarot class in my life but it's not as bad as it sounds because I've done so many courses that if you put all them together um, uh, it, and, and dovetail it into the art of, of reading cards then I, I've got a good background um, but it was it, having specifically done tarot, uh, a tarot course, I hadn't done that. So I had to kind of just jump in and get on with it. And I found I had a real affinity for it. Um, and I found it really complemented healing uh, very well because it was so um, it's more articulate. You know, you people could people would voice their concerns, their problems, and we could talk about them. Whereas as a healer, um, as powerful as it is, um, there's no there's not really much talking except at the beginning and at the end. Uh, and tarot allowed it. Um, some uh, allow people to be a bit more uh, expressive in what their problems were. I hope that answers Thank that. You. Yeah, interesting background as well. And like you say, you had a chemistry degree and uh, a background in sales, but clearly was um, interested in navigating the what you know 20, 10, 20 years ago was the new age movement really started yeah. to take hold, didn't it? So clearly Absolutely. was really drawn towards that and. You talked about your energy levels and sometimes there are very su subtle and sometimes really strong signals that the path we're on has either outdone its course or we're trying to fit ourselves into a box of a particular job or something. Had your energy le level started to improve when you started to explore some of these deeper sort of understandings of humanity and what happens be behind the scenes? Yeah, um, I mean, eventually I got into Qigong and that was really helpful, um, which is, uh, that, that just means breath, just for any audience members, that's, that means breath work. Um, and I kind of saw it as the oriental version of yoga. Um, and it's also the, I, I, I often call it the lesser known brother of Tai Chi. Um, so everyone's heard of Tai Chi and, yeah. and, you know, you do these kind of sort of breathing movements and fluid movements with the arms and people recognize what you're talking about but qigong is slightly it's not really as well known um so i found that very helpful um and then my spiritual development seemed to be, sort of work alongside me picking up my energy levels so learning to rest when i needed to rest um and yeah uh, thank you for bringing up um the the degree and uh, my sales background because i think part of my journey and maybe some people can relate to this is um we're trapped in our left brain 
and, and so my left brain was very well developed being a, a typical guy um so very knowledgeable in in, in, that, in that sense and, and very factual and things like that but feeling the truth of a situation um that was just being ignored and that was my big lesson so because i was just go for it go for it go for it hit my targets or you know just get on with life uh, my left brain was being appeased. It was it was receiving, it was hearing what it needed to hear. Meanwhile, my right brain, whatever you want to call it, my intuition, my feelings, was saying, man, you're really struggling. Um, but I had no way to process it. So it's almost like it's almost like I, I, I brainwashed myself. I could see it, but not, I wasn't recognizing the problems because I wasn't, feelings was just something to overcome and to push through. And also I didn't mention I had a background in bodybuilding for 15 years. And, and part of the definition of being a bodybuilder, for better or worse, is to push through pain. Your pain the is pain. the breaking. Yeah. You know what I mean? So your perception of pain is something to overcome rather than there. Obviously, there are types of pains that are saying, hang on, you need to slow down uh, and back down a bit. And, and obviously, being, a, you know, when you're a teenager and you're in your 20s, and I'm sure, you know, we, all, we you know, you just have youthful energy. And you just think you can just you can just overcome everything. So, um, yeah. So shifting from the left brain, understanding and respecting that if I felt um, a particular way, then I needed to hear that. I needed to interpret that and I needed to take the necessary action or back down from action and just kind of withdraw from life a bit. You know, take a rest, have a break, that kind of thing. Shift from the extroverted personality to a bit more of an introverted part of my personality, which just wasn't getting a look in at that stage in my life. So. But then in terms of where we're at as a society, you know, we're much more aware now of um, if we're too left brain, too alpha in our work, too driven to, you know, movement forward. And that's part of the sort of brainwashing almost in society as to how you function. It can be quite a, a shift to be able to just down regulate and have time out. And I certainly know after the birth of my children, I was going, I was working out in the gym and I did that for about 12 years and I was over-exercising. I actually didn't know that you could actually make yourself ill from over-exercising until I read about um, athletes and ended up with like asthmatic type problems because yeah. I was never giving my body a chance to rest. And that was mine driven forward and movement forward. And it's even come up as a theme with some of the women that I've worked with is yeah. it can be really difficult. And for me and my nature, it took my back to go completely as yeah. to why I went into yoga, because I couldn't go back into the gym. I was in agony. I couldn't yeah. do any of the same things before. So sometimes for me, sometimes it has to be a big trip up to make yeah. me really say, right, OK, I've got to slow down and stop. Um, yeah, and that's part of that spiritual balance as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's a great observation. And, and I like that. That, um, And I have plenty of stories of people who um, uh, uh, it's a similar thing. They just I mean, I remember being told you just get given a gentle tap on the shoulder at first from life. And, uh, you know, again, it just builds and grows and grows and grows. And then eventually, if you haven't listened to it, you just, it's a brick through the back of your head. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And you get knocked, you just get knocked out. In fact, I had a friend of mine, I remember, I think it got to the stage where her car, as she described it, her car just blew up. Um, so the whole and the smoke coming out the front of the engine because she was just trying to go somewhere, go somewhere, get something done. You know, she was in that mindset, really active personality, active yeah. lifestyle. And really what she, and this is after she'd broken her leg. Uh, so she's in the car with a broken leg and she had to, um, you know, it, it really, there were all signs to simply say, look, slow down. And it is, I do find it curious that I don't know where it comes from, but I think we, at some stage in our younger life, we're just kind of, we buck up and we say, right, I'm just getting on with life and that's all there is to it. And so uh, calming down and relaxing and, and, and almost that countryside mentality, um, it, it, it almost becomes an enemy. 
it's like the enemy. Yeah. So if I slow yeah. down, I'm going to lose momentum. I'm going to lose whatever I've, I've accumulated or uh, or collected. And it, there is definitely a fear to it. There's definitely a fear of surrendering and letting go uh, and thinking that you just won't pick it up again, you know, or you won't pick up where you left off. Um, so yeah, it's it's it's, it's, yeah. A, it's a common thing. So I'm glad you glad you went through what you went through and you learned the lesson and then you start to value it, don't you? Yeah. Although I don't always retain the lessons that I've learned, and sometimes I have to go around the cycle in a in a different way. But one of the things I wanted to respond to was, uh, like you say, the way that we grow up as children. I certainly know that the working class mentality was something that had instilled in us that you, you know, we, we're gritty people and you you go down a mine or work in the bread store or go to work six, seven days a week, six days a week, 90 hours a week, and you just push on through because yeah. people who were living in struggle and who were working those uh, in those environments at the time, you didn't have the luxury or the privilege, like you said, the countryside sort of uh, way of living to be able to downregulate and, and do less. So in a way, we're probably the first uh, in terms of human evolution to be able to recognize that the pace of the uh, industrial revolution and the way that everybody's been working only can be sustainable for a certain amount of time. And that's what we learn is people, uh, if you're stressed and you're constantly on the go, you end the stress releases chemicals in the system all the time. And you end up just going down and down and down until you trip up, smash your car or something like that happens. And that's why people see that sometimes these are gifts rather than, um, you know, challenges that have uh, disrupted our life for some other reason. But it's very difficult if, like you say, if that is your mindset and that's the way you approach things. That's an interesting point you mentioned, actually, the um, Industrial Revolution. I mean, yeah, again, exactly like you said, the left brain mindset is, yeah, but look at what we've achieved uh, yeah. And of course, the right brain mindset is that, yeah, but at what cost? Um, and then it can be hidden so easily, whether it's through alcohol or recreational drugs or yeah. you know, some form of um, of habitual behavior that the blocks, masks, um, that, that you're struggling um, and, and coping. I mean, you even call it um, a functional alcohol, you know, an functional yeah. alcoholic is a phrase. So it's, it's, it, there is an acceptance of it. You know, almost as if to say, but look, you're functioning and you're achieving, therefore it's yeah. acceptable. Maybe it is, I'm, and I'm not judging there, but it, it, it just seems kind of odd. It seems kind of peculiar. No, yes, but it's, so, it's a really interesting know. point that you make, though, um, because when people get stressed or they've been working really hard, we know in the financial industry, for example, in the 80s, when cocaine was popularised, it was the industry uh, as well as media that, you know, they they lived wild hours. And of course... Uh, unless you've learned to tap into the true energy of your body, you normally need some external depressant or stimulant in which to either give you sleep and rest, as a lot of people thought alcohol might do. It helps you wind down. You have a glass of wine in the evening um, or equally you, you need to function. You're falling asleep all day and you can't sustain that lifestyle. Yeah. And that's the way that uh, those external um, chemicals that we've been so used to having, you know, especially alcohol has been around a long time. And that was originally used to keep us warm, you know, while we were working really hard. Yeah. So our nature of how we cope and how and what we do and when we're evolving, sometimes we evolve much quicker than we, are, we can comprehend, you know. And so it's when you have that smash against the wall or something happens that then you're forced, you're ill, and you're yeah. forced to rest back and do nothing. And, Everything and not so slows down 
not to uh, and his and that's a really interesting point because not to belittle it in any way that that lifestyle it works it can yeah. work but it it can only take you so far and yeah. there's always more of who we are that wants to show up and if that part of you your soul you know not to get too deep about it but I just realized and I got a lot of help I mean it's always one of the wonderful things got a lot of help from people who just I come my way that were already therapists and already they were, they were further down the road than I was and they could right. see where I was and they could see that I was somehow trapped in a particular personality type I was trapped in a, a, a lifestyle that that wasn't quite suiting um, who I was becoming and mm -hmm. so that shift because it's not always natural to make that shift to just jump into stuff that's new you, you know especially if you're happy you feel or you think you're happy with what you're yeah. doing and so other people were just gently kind of nudging me in the right direction, coming into my life saying, here, try this, have a go at that. Uh, I remember Shiatsu practitioner and she just looked at me and she, she just, I could just see she'd assessed me correctly and she just knew where I was at. And, and, you know, I had a couple of sessions with her and they were all designed to release me somehow to sort of free me up and make a smoother transition um, from uh, yeah, basically one lifestyle to a, to a new lifestyle, um, which brings me back nicely to tarot, because I think the tarot card that links to that particular theme um, is the tower card, you know, where you've outgrown, you've outgrown the structures of your old life. Um, and, uh, you, you know, I'd love to say that we, most of us would just voluntarily just abandon their old life and just walk straight into a, a brand new life. But for most of us, I've had to get pushed most of the, most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. To begin Good deal. Yeah, good illustration, actually, because if anyone's got a tarot deck and you look at the tower, it does look like absolutely everything of that foundation uh, is being pulled away. And I've certainly had without realizing it before I started to understand the tarot on, on a deeper level, certainly mm. had tower moments in my life where and my, you know, uh, metaphor was the rug being pulled and everything else around you that, you know, you don't even question on a day to day basis, then just uh all falls down beside you and not pleasant to go through and um and I think more and more over the last few years what I've noticed is people who do healing or tarot or any of this sort of um esoteric esoteric alternative practices are helping guide people that maybe are at the beginning phases of that journey because it can be really daunting just like facing what like what you're saying facing yourself and the truth of am I really happy and satisfied in this job in this relationship in this place and I guess that's what guides people to come and uh, have a reading because often we're searching aren't we we're searching for some answers yeah. we're searching for some ideas um so tell me more about some of the readings that you do or how how you use the tarot because I know there are different ways of yeah, uh, using I, it I've been very lucky I think to um and it is funny how it happens how you attract a certain type of person um and I tend to attract people who very often are at that crossroads and um and it's a huge privilege as I'm sure you're, you're aware yeah. yourself to and I often say to people um you know people people think they come for reading to learn stuff to gain knowledge um you know facts and figures and stuff like that or it's information but really i feel it's more of a psychological hand holding you're holding someone's hand as they cross the bridge um from an old life to a new life that's that's the most extreme example when when a good time to will be to have a tarot reading and um 
it, it's because uh, a more authentic version of themselves is emerging in their life. And as you say, that can come from trauma. It can come from a marriage breaking up uh, finally or acknowledge that it was always breaking up. It can be from the job that doesn't serve you, uh, but you've done it because you you know, well, you know, need to uh, pay, pay your bills, earn your income, all that kind of stuff. And so you feel out of fear, you may stick with it, but eventually something suddenly turns up. You either get fired. If I got fired, for, I think I mentioned to you earlier, I got fired for my last job and that was that for no reason other than that you know from the universal understanding I wasn't supposed to be there I was supposed to be out giving people readings and helping people and I was playing it safe scrabbling around for bits of bits of money to um but it was at least I knew it was there and then I, I remember feeling that I was so stressed with it that I'd end up spending the money anyway to make myself feel better so it probably wasn't oh. even a efficient way of earning money whereas when I earn money doing what I love you know, you, you, you kind of spend it more wisely, you spend it better because it comes from a, a more joyful place. Um, but yeah, with readings, I, I um, uh, the people that come into my life for them, it's very often that, that as you rightly say, they're looking for guidance um, and it's and it's lovely. And one of the, the phrases I like to use, that in fact, it, it links nicely to the Eight of Swords, um, mm -hmm. where it, the way it was described to me was it's kind of, uh, uh, again, it's different for depending on what pack you've got. I've got the classic rider weight pack, which right. is like a woman trapped in, almost like in a, it's bound by a, a, yeah. a prison swords and she's got a blindfold on and she's got a, and her hands tied behind her back and I'm always being reminded when it was described to me the bindings and the blindfold firstly are of your own making um, and the swords as many of you may know it's it's a uh, it's a it's your mental energy it's your thought process but it's the trap of the mind it's the perception mm. of the mind uh, and not the reality of the situation and in many ways I love that card because um, a tarot reading is all about somebody it's almost like an initiation um, although they may already be well versed in it in helping people to stop um, intellectualizing their life so much and start to be more trusting in feeling their way forward through life um, and as it was described to me, I can't remember who it was that said it to me your heart is like your sat nav it's the sat nav for your life so you tune into your heart and it gives you directions and of course where the eight of swords comes in is where your mind your mental perception is saying one thing as i said the left brain uh, you know earlier on but your heart is saying, saying another thing and it takes a while to discern which one to trust uh, and obviously you know ultimately you want both you want both in alignment with each other um but yeah it, it's just giving people that extra bit of confidence as they they, they take a gap, what seems like a gamble in trusting their mm -hmm. feelings and their intuitions, even though their logical mind is saying, well, how are you going to pay for that? And who's, you know, where are you going to live now? And, and all that kind of stuff that might be in question. And now you're going to be all alone or whatever it is that you're having to, to walk away from. Um, and, and the fear starts to come for you. Um, it's, it's, um, it, it's not as a reader. It's more, it's far more than just a reader. You're like a, a beacon of light, I think, whilst they're kind of trying to feel their way along some new kind of path for themselves. That's a lovely way of describing it, actually, because I think that uh, initially on my journey, I, I came into contact with mediumship, psychics, tarot. You know, I had a pack from when I was about eight. I have no idea where I got it from. Maybe a jumble cell because that was quite popular, you know, when I was growing up. Um, and initially, yeah, it's contacting people because you were at a crossroads and you need some direction. And and I still think it's fairly unusual for people to be taught to tune in and work out and uh, use their own feelings, like you say, to navigate the experiences mm. that they've got and try and find the way forward. And I certainly know as somebody that I, you know, that probably is the card that would represent my way of thinking a lot of the time that I, I can get trapped in the mind. I, I've always had an intellectual job, but 
um, at the same time. You use your intuition when you come into contact with people and you want to get past the um, projected image of who they think they are and what the story is. And sometimes it's about that, isn't it? Sometimes what I liked about the tarot was when I started looking at it in terms of the colours and the images on there, of how you use images and the colours to sort of, because every tarot reader will tune into the cards in different ways, but how that can sometimes be what's bypassing what the client thinks is going on with actually the tarot sort of talking yeah, through the journey yeah. and where they're at as to what is really going on. And sometimes it's a real disconnect between the two, isn't that? Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, it's actually it's been a while since that's happened, but it used to happen uh, very regularly where um, the questions that the 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 the, uh, the tarot, um, uh, um, not the reader, the querent, I never use that word, but it never sat right with me. I know that formally that's the word, but it's such a weird word. Um, the person having the reading, I much rather say, um, yeah, they'd had one question, but I always say to people, the cards will tune into your heart. They'll tune into what the real issue is. Uh, and that's what I love. And I often describe it as a mirror. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mirror of truth. That's what I use the cards for. So we have our yeah. perception of what is important, what needs to be prioritized, but actually the reading, especially coming from a stranger that doesn't know you, will, uh, know you will tap into uh, in a very honest way, but I always make it clear in a compassionate way, you know, sometimes you feel ripped apart. We've all had that at times, you know, if you've, someone's criticised you or, 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 you know, uh, what do they call it? Um, you know, they're trying to help you out, but it's a little bit too critical. So compassionately, lovingly um, uh, opening someone up and really um, getting to the, to, to the heart of the matter. Um, so that's actually what I use the cards for is to read the hearts because the heart is actually your true journey. Your mind is along for the ride. Your mind is necessary to to make sense, to 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 think and process the situation. But it's through our hearts that we that we feel um, uh, life and 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 move forward in a significant way. Um, and you know we've all had things where intellectually something is correct, but doesn't feel particularly great. You know, the sound of a film. I'm, I mean, I love my movies. You know, I hear a review. It sounds amazing. I go and see it. But I feel, yeah, it was average. But it sounded yeah. great. You know, the understanding, the concept of it was great. And that's what you have to, I think, you have to be careful with the life, that you're not living to a concept that sounds great, but actually on a deeper level isn't really so wonderful. And I think a very popular thing at the moment people talk about in relationships is narcissism. Narcissistic, that seems to be banded around a lot, seems to be a very popular thing to kind of avoid. That seems to be another version of that, where the idea of someone is far more powerful than the reality of who they are. Um, right. And, yeah. you know what I mean? So, you know, unless you've got nothing so to in offer. Terms of, sorry, in terms of people who are new to the tarot then, yeah. is the tarot is in two, two uh, parts, isn't it? You've got the major arcana and you've got the minor. Yeah. So can you tell us a bit about the, the major and what the difference is with that in comparison to the minor and the suits? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll just briefly mention the minor. The thing that always interests me about the minor arcana is, that, you know, anyone who thinks they don't know any, anything about tarot, actually you do. If you've ever played cards, um, that's basically your minor arcana. So you've got your ace, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then instead of jack, queen, king, uh, you've got, uh, well, it varies on, in, in different packs, but you've also got the king and the queen. You have a knight, which is instead of the jack. Uh, and some, and you'll have a fourth card, which is the page or sometimes the princess, I think. Um, so yeah, that's the minor. And then the major ones are the power cards. And then, um, as I like to say, the ones that people who are very suspicious of tarot, and that's understandable. I mean, I would be if I didn't have the experiences I, 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 I've had, if I didn't know anything about it. 
um, and sometimes we've been brought up as well, you know, that maybe to be negative about tarot. Um, they can be the cards that people might be afraid of, that, that, that they've heard of, the devil card, the death card, yeah. uh, the hanged man, even though it's very clearly someone who's not being hanged by their neck. Um, and so the major arcana cards are like the really powerful archetypes um, that we work with. Um, and so if I get a, a reading with a lot of uh, a lot of major uh, arcana cards, so the thing to remember is there's, I think, 78 cards in total. Um, yeah. And you've got 22 major arcana cards out of that. So it's a relatively small proportion. Uh, so if you do a reading and there's a load of major cards in, even though there's only 22 out of 78, um, that, that come up then to me that means you've got a major junction you're at a major junction point in your life and it isn't just uh, oh yeah I'm just changing jobs oh I'm just moving I'm just this is it's not something so domestic and down to earth it might be something very powerful your um, your soul is making a power play so to speak to to say look I want more out of life this is okay what I've got but I want more and it, you know I you know I wouldn't die unhappy if if I died now but there is so much more that can be achieved and, and, and done. And so when you get major arcana cards coming into your in, into the play, it means something much deeper than your your the personality part of you that you show to the world is wanting to come to the surface. You know that classic saying about um, uh, uh, um, uh, a, a, a um, what do you call it? What, what is it that knocked down the, the Titanic? iceberg it was an iceberg so you know this is what they say about an iceberg that you only see 15 percent of it above water so it's like yeah. what else is underneath who, who are you who else is who you are so when you get major cards coming up um it often me means there's more of you as wanting to show up in life um and so you're going to need right. to make major shifts and as you as you said yourself it's, it can be really uncomfortable it can be quite horrible you know i mean it is supposed to be it is for the best but it never, it very rarely feels like it Maybe yeah, that's the thing like when you go for it. Yeah. 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 And um I remember when because I've I've studied the cards three separate times and very different experiences of it. And I think like with anything, because I can be a bit of a you know shiny object syndrome person and get involved in something, get really interested, love it, want to do it, and then uh used to be six months or a year later, now I think it's about a week. Um, and then I move on to the next thing. But each time I've revisited it and I remember discovering that really it's about the fool who is at the beginning of the journey and the and the fool through the journey of the different cards and what happens sometimes in that in that process. I found that very fascinating, especially when I did link it with Carl Jung, who, uh, who worked on archetypes and actually yeah. dabbled with the tarot at the time as well. So the, the symbology within the cards, which has definitely uh, changed over the years, is absolutely fascinating. And that's why, you know, there's such a bridge between the spiritual, esoteric and the psychological, yeah. especially like with uh, people, Carl Jung, that, you know, was around with Freud in the 1920s or 30s. Yeah. It's yeah. seen that it can represent. And actually, we are all of the archetypes, but it's what's coming into play in that particular moment. And also that that reading it, uh, and for me, a bit like life is maybe there are certain experiences you're meant to have and certain roads you're meant to travel down. But the moment you take some different decision and sometimes bigger decisions is that reading may well change the next week as well is because, you know, that was relevant for where you were at and what energy you were in yeah. at the time. That's is, exactly. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've actually touched on a really important point. And again, it's been a while since I've had someone 
who has come in. And, and again, this is for any would-be tarot readers. It, it's never, believe it or not, it's, I, I think the reading is the least of the difficulties that I think comes up when people talk about it. It's the people that you have to deal with and, and what state of mind they're in. And, the, right. and that challenge, because that's what you're not really taught in a, in a, in a tarot book or, a, you know, or even or perhaps a course would do it. But um, if you're reading, you generally, most people want to learn about the tarot themselves, but actually you're dealing with people. And if they're in a vulnerable place or they're projecting huge amounts of authority onto you you know wow. I remember having someone uh, you know I didn't realize at the time I think their partner was going to was potentially going to prison and or, I could just tell that whatever I said to them it was just going in one ear and out the other because they were just completely panicked um, and for me as a healer as well that see that's where the healing I feel comes in because what they're really needing is um it, it's not just information you know, they almost want to, you know, it's like, can I make you a cup of tea? Something more basic than that. Yeah. Just a bit of kindness, yeah. a bit of love. Um, yeah. And just to say, look, you'll, you'll be okay. It's not a guarantee of how things are going to turn out, but it's like, look, you'll be okay. But yeah, um, so, so so coming back to your point, just the, um, for people not to project so heavily onto the cards, that they are, that what they say are the be all and end all, and to have an element of just taking it with a pinch of salt. And the cards really ought to be reflecting your deepest knowledge, your own deepest truth. Um, rather than oh my god I can't believe that came up in the tarot reading I mean it's kind of nice when that happens maybe it, is, it, it pleases the customer uh, very well but um, really if you're doing the work as well if you're into meditation yoga that kind of stuff if you're aligned um, and this I think is quite an important point we're not encouraging people to become so utterly dependent on tarot readers yeah. but really we're just there temporarily to give a, um, a another viewpoint on on your own intuition you know, we're turning the volume up and we're accentuating your own intuition and reflecting it back to you. So really a good tarot reading should kind of should be kind of, yeah, I kind of knew that, you know what I mean? And it just it just some for some reason, getting it from a total yeah. stranger, um, uh, and especially a professional reader, it, it kind of adds, you know, it adds a sort of um, uh, credibility to your, what really should be your own knowledge. Otherwise, you just think, am I just telling myself what I want to hear? You know what I mean? So it just seems to help when you have somebody else come in who can do that for you just briefly. Yeah, I think um, people are at different stages, aren't they, of their journey of how able they are to discern what's right and not right for them and do sometimes place too much emphasis on a tarot reader, a psychic or a doctor or whoever is, as that person is, you know, that's the gospel and sometimes don't necessarily tune in. And that's why when I've had readings, I like recording them because I like listening to them maybe uh, two months after, six months after, because sometimes it reminds me of some of the key points and messages that I you know, like you said, you can get locked in your head and you can be in that cycle of thinking and negative thinking. And, and that stuff will get in the way, won't it, of bringing in better feelings of joy and happiness. Uh, and that makes it easier to tune into your own intuition when you when you come out of the thinking brain. But it's a practice and, and it's interesting. We're both doing similar things, but I do it for yoga and meditation and you're doing it through the tarot. But the, the journey is, yeah. is the same. It's just using yeah. different language and symbology. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't like to, I almost felt I was, I was undermining someone. I went to a network work, uh, networking meeting recently. Uh, you might have been at it actually, but um, uh, it was very, someone describing very lovingly what they do, but I kind of just cut in and said, 
not in a, in a complimentary way, uh, just that, yeah, in the end, it's, it is all the same. It's, it's helping people clear the stuff that isn't serving them, uh, the static or whatever it is that you want to call it, and just aligning with your highest intention, your highest truth. If you're a Christian, you, you would refer to Christ and, and Christianity. Um, if you're a Buddhist, you would call, you refer to the enlightened state. If you're working with chakras, it's your uh, seventh, eighth and ninth chakra and connecting to the universal consciousness. Um, you know, th th there's just all sorts of different labels. And I love that because I, there was always there was, used to be a time where I'd actually feel quite upset that somehow everyone seemed to be learning different things and, and, and be going yeah. off in different directions. And in fact, there was an underlying fear sometimes on my lower, my darker moments of, you know, am I doing it wrong? Have, I, have, have the Christians got it right, for example? And I've got to go to that yeah. religion or, or Buddhist or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. And actually, I've really come to realize and I've really let that go recently. Um, and uh, I just love that we're all doing the same thing, but just using slightly different language, slightly different labels, because um, it does mean that we're not, you know, we're, we're not all just separating out and going off in directions. We're actually all coming together into that oneness, and it is a continual, eternal coming together. Um, and uh, and I think that's a really lovely thing. I remember having a dream actually. That's such a beautiful dream. It was like this amazing sunshine type thing that, and there were loads of little dots, and I was one of them. I couldn't see myself, but we were just travelling through space, permanently travelling towards this beautiful light. And wow. the feeling of the light is any time you can get this by just feeling the sunshine. You know, it's that incredible warm uh, kind of cozy, gooey, joyful feeling. And it was such a, it was just such an exciting thing. But that was just, I think that just gave me a glimpse of, of, of what life is when you strip away the surface, you know, that we're all moving towards this incredible thing. Yeah. Oh, you raise so many interesting points there. And I think... <laughs> yes. um, I only realise I'm just going off on one now. <laughs> no, 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 you're, you're still on track. Um, but I think it's <laughs> each soul has their own, you know, journey and nobody, you know, often we don't really know what our journeys really are. Uh, while we're on this planet and our definition of how we define meaning purpose in our existence you know uh, philosophers philosophers have tried that over the you know uh, over the years hundreds of them to try and answer those really deep questions and while you're on that journey you can dabble and be interested in a particular theory approach or religion or spiritual understanding but it also takes me to the because it's there's a couple of things that are going on there. And I used to see this. Um, I've been going to the Mind, Body and Spirit Festival for years. And it, for me, it was a bit like my sort of journey to uh, the sacred place to be able to, you know, get my hippie gear out, put my, yeah. wear my crystals with pride rather than yeah. having to answer those questions about them and have conversations with people as though they're normal because, because uh, everything was seen as, yeah, everything was seen as sort of a, a bit weird and funky. So, you know, it's only really this last five or 10 years, I think, that a lot of this stuff that we may have kept hidden. But at the same time, uh, I remember being aware of uh, this you can get people who are searching consistently and go to loads of workshops and, and keep being the seeker, but don't really take on, integrate and utilize yeah. the information that they get. And we'll keep going back to those things. And so I think there's that balance between, and I'm as, uh, I do it still where I take in lots of information. I love it. I'm just yeah. fascinated by the world and all the stuff I hear. But sometimes you've got to then switch off and have space and have silence, which is that why I'm an advocate yeah. of mindfulness and meditation. 
so that the noise reduces and you can start to learn to tune in because one of the downsides is that there are people out there that are charlatans that aren't good at what they do or do say things that will make somebody who's vulnerable even more worried or upset and anxious you yeah. know I got told I think I was I think I was, I was only about Wait, no, two hold, years hold, in. That, hold that thought for a second I've just got to charge I just want to plug this in because it's just going to charge okay Okay, so we've got the uh, battery charger in now and we uh, can carry on. But yeah, I was getting to the question of, um, yeah, there are there is a lot of vulnerable people out there that can go and seek information and, and see it in black and white as though everything is true. And of course, everyone's on their journey as to how they assist people. But there are some people out there that don't really have the ethics and standards. And so how can we... Um, how can we help people sort of discern whether or not to go for a reading and what they might notice if that's not the best person for them to seek some guidance from, for example. So I can do it to some degree if I'm helping somebody uh, work out whether it's go and see, a, you know, a coach or a psychotherapist. And often for me, it really is, you know, if you just have that funny feeling, but you know what it's like, sometimes you sit down in the chair and before, before you know it, you know, somebody's got the cars laid out. So anything we can help people think about? Yeah, okay, that, that's a really, a, pra a very practical, useful question. Um, I know there are a lot of people out there. I mean, I do, I mean, I would say first and foremost, be, be innocent with it because I think with the greatest intention, things can happen, you know, you, you can have a, and sometimes, and it's a difficult one because you can't get to a stage, if it got to a stage where it's so monitored, that would almost ruin the energy yeah. of, of, of the situation. So, you know, we all know, we or at least conceptually, we understand going, going from one extreme to the other, where it's so looked at uh, uh, that it would actually, it would, it would destroy something um, about it. Um, but it's on a practical level. I mean, certainly word of mouth recommendation is really helpful. Um, and certainly if you've been around and doing readings, I mean, I think professionally I've been doing, um, I suppose, seven, at least seven years now. I've lost track of time now. It's been it's, it's probably a bit, a bit longer than that. Um, and 20 years at least plus for, uh, for healing. But um, it, it's obviously nice for them to, uh, for people to be recommended by their friends who, who've, who've had a personal experience. That's the safest way. Um, yeah. But I would equally say, don't be afraid to, to give something a go. You know, have a, if they're offering a 15 minute reading, um, you know, often in, in shows they do, they'll offer little mini readings, um, little discounted readings. And mm. I was certainly just open uh, and, and, and open to, to, to receiving. But having said that, I did have one experience, which I know was a real no go. And looking back, I, I really disliked the um, it was just something that I, it was a prediction, basically. And I remember reading a tarot book for, from a very sort of a professional uh, a, a reader who, who wrote a, kind of a really good textbook on how to, to give readings and said an absolute no-go is to, um, to give predictions. Um, mm. I, I've been told I've given predictions, but I don't do it consciously or on purpose. So I mm. just assume it, it, it's something that comes through and it's always been helpful. But this prediction that I was given was just not very pleasant. And it's and exactly as the lady described it in her book. She said it, uh, it feels like a. In fact, no, it wasn't. Do you know what it was? It was the an autobiography of a yogi, and I think yeah. he referred to the reader. And he and he described it perfectly. He said once you've been given a prediction that you're not too pleased with, it is like having a guillotine permanently over your head. 
Um, wow. And I'll give you an example of what it was. It's basically, I was going to go out to someone, which sounded fantastic, someone that I really wanted to go out with. And you're going to find out that uh, she's, she's kind of been seeing someone else and that you know that person. And every time I promise you that I was thinking about dating someone, it's like, wow, I wonder if it's going to be that person. It's horrible. Oh, wow. um, so I, I, just to be clear, I, I, and a lot of readers, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know all the readers out there, obviously. Um, uh, I certainly don't do that. And I make it clear that you create your own future. You know, it's very much about empowerment. And that's often a negative that sometimes people have. It's like, oh, well, I don't want to know about my future. Because well, I wasn't offering to tell you. You know, just, yeah. I, I'm using the car, you know, to see where you're at in your own life and how you're creating it. That's what, what the reading choices is. are and what to consider. Yeah, exactly. It's an empowerment yeah. uh, issue that you're you are creating your own reality, which beautifully links to a lot of other stuff that has been promoted in the in the spiritual world or whatever you want to call it, the uh, mind body spirit scene, um, which is law of attraction. You know, books like The Secret that started to really put it on the map, even though it's been around obviously since the beginning of time. The concept of law of attraction, ask and you shall receive. Then you've got Esther and uh, Jerry Hicks, Abraham, um, those kind of people. Those are the forerunners. And there's lots of other people that teach how to manifest and attract. Um, but yeah, that's 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 kind of. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing you should be concerned about. Um, but you can't stop people getting, you know, any industries like that, you know, every industry, you can't stop something happening. Have you, how about yourself? Um, I was just going to respond to that point. So I think that's a really good point that you make. And clearly, when I was sort of in my 20s, 30s and even 40s, um, I think the ideas about the law of attraction and that you actually can create your reality. Uh, we didn't have the research coming through that actually talks about the quantum field and how our thoughts do affect our reality. And people who are fast man manifestors know quite easily that if they uh, think in a particular way consistently, that the thing that you're thinking about can turn up, which is pretty much like what... Um, the autobiography of a yogi was saying is that once it's etched into the uh, psyche, but now we're more aware of that. So it's probably easier to go, okay, if I follow a particular route, or maybe that is a possibility. Um, but I guess for me, it's like, how helpful then is that? Because if somebody says, you know, that's an experience you're going to have and you can't discern whether they've got red hair, dark hair, tall, short or whatever, then, yeah, that's not useful information. And to be healing and helpful towards people, it's often about helping them open up and work out um, what it is they're toying with and, and yeah. helping them tune in to, with the information that you're sh sharing with them in that open space. Because when I've come into contact with people who are really good at what they do, whether it's a yoga teacher, healer, you know, my physio, whoever, there's something interesting that happens when you get two energies that come together. And in psychology and in psychotherapy, they talked about mirror neurons. And mm. it was discovered that when you build rapport with somebody and you're working with a client, you build the mirror neuron. So on some level, you are picking up information mm. about them, but also it enables that information to widen out so that they can get that better sense and understanding of themselves can we avoid it completely um i think your point actually about uh recommendations or sometimes you just take that risk and i've had yeah. i've had some really wet not that useful readings and i've had some really powerful ones but interestingly at crossroads i think when i've been at a crossroads they're usually the ones that have been really uh really helpful yeah, yeah and I have to be honest I think the teacher in me always comes out I always end up being supportive 
of uh, if someone's giving me a reading. Um, yeah, I, I, funny enough, I've never really I've never really been drawn towards having readings that often. Um, I like healing. I like massage because they, those are different. Those are more physical. They're more grounded. Yeah. In sense. And I tend to get readings from people who just suddenly offer. Can I give you a reading? That's the last one I had. Uh, and that was interesting. That was kind of helpful uh, in its own way. But I don't yeah, I don't go seeking readings, maybe because I'm in that arena so often. I, mm -hmm. I like to it's human nature. You seek something maybe a bit different. So I like I like more physical therapies myself when it comes to those kind of therapies um yeah yeah so um in terms of the tarot and the evolution of you you know mm. you you're still using the tarot but have you evolved and noticed any changes with you know when you absorb yourself in in using a tool of some sort initially it's a tool isn't it and then it becomes part of your own psyche what have you noticed anything over the years yeah, actually, that's a real and that's a good question and a deep question. Um, I know many years ago someone said um, you don't need to use the tarot uh, and you could just just give a reading. Um, at which point I kind of disagreed, so maybe I wasn't ready to hear that. But I get what they mean. I, in fact, I described it to someone else recently, and I was really, I really pleased with the, with with the conversation because it was a very strong Christian friend of mine, and they're very much it's a no go area. Yeah. Um, uh, which I you know, fully respect, fully understand. And there are many different ways, you know, to, to, to receive information, to receive truth, to receive wisdom, whatever you want to call it. Um, and uh, with, um, and I, I mentioned that it, it's much like giving a, a public, a, a, a speech, a talk. That, and I remember, in fact, I remember seeing an MP give a talk, an amazing talk about leadership. Uh, and he was using cards. But, you know, if at some point you get to a stage where you don't need to, need to use the cards anymore, then, um, I think it's the same thing. And then they shoot from the hip, uh, or, but still do the connection. You know, you connect and, 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 and invite people's guides or the spirit guides or whatever you're working with, angelic guidance, divine guidance. Um, then I, I think that's fine. So evolution, it, it could be that I um, uh, uh, come away from the cards, but the message is still the same. The cards mm. to me are a safety net. Uh, and a, a, a very good international reader, friend of mine, I hadn't spoken to her for a while, but I remember her talking about, you know, to, to use the cards, to not use the cards. And she was saying there are some people you need to use the cards because they're actually really blocked. So no matter how yeah. good you are, um, you'll find the cards are useful there because otherwise you've got nothing to go off. You know, you get, I, mean, I don't know if you, have you had it yourself, Mel, where you get someone who goes, you know, they may outwardly be saying, hey, I'm really open for a reading, but energetically, they are just completely, maybe not even intentionally, utterly tied up. And uh, obviously the early days, I just think, oh my God, I'm rubbish. I don't know what, you know what I mean? I'm wow. giving a bad reading. But until I realize, oh, okay, I'm feeling the brick wall there or for whatever it is, or a trauma or something that is, you know, not through any fault of their own, is closed yeah. them off, but they're wanting um and that's where the, that's where i think the cards are really helpful and that's what uh, my friend uh, was suggesting it's like that those are the times you need to use the cards but you must have had readings where you don't even look at the cards because the connection is so good maybe they've done a lot of work on themselves they've done a lot of healing work and they're really connecting so you're tapping into their what they've done and you're just kind of, you're just flying the words are flying out you're telling them all sorts of things that are so helpful and and confirming what they already know so um i don't know if that's the same yeah. for yourself I think, um, actually, I think the readings that have been the better readings have been when I've noticed that they are channeling information more than they are using the cards, and the cards are more as a um, validation, maybe, of 
some of the information that they're getting. So I think that's where it's felt like a better reading. But also I discovered um, there's a gentleman called Tom Evans and he's uh, wrote quite a few books and he's also been doing a series on the tarot. And what he was talking about, he was talking about the language of the tarot and some of the way that, you know, it evolves and I you know hadn't even thought of that that the tarot was a system that evolves over time but he talked about how when you get to know the cards if there's something that you're uh, struggling with in particular so say you do want to move forward but you're feeling the resistance and the resistance can be the old patterns or the old cycles that uh, are struggling to be released that you can actually pick up a combination one or a combination of cards um, because the processes of the energetics that are contained within the card can mm. be the thing that helps free you up so it's almost like saying what you're saying but using yeah. it in more of a, a conscious way of so say like um say I was going to do a talk or do a presentation in front of say business people or something I would want to be stepping into my personal power but at the same time maybe you know connecting with like the magician the the information that comes through naturally as well as using the tools uh, and the framework and the powerpoint and the steadfastness that i need to remain centered you know yeah. so it may well be that i get and he talks through how you can use the cards and i think it's uh it's quite sophisticated it's not necessarily someone who's just going uh, to get reading, to get some navigation on life. But when I started looking at it like that, it really started to shift my thinking in a very Do different way. Really integrating the patterns, the energetic patterns that the archetypes represent. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so, yeah, so that, that, that's a great point. Um, yeah, very subtle point, actually, quite a deep point. Um, so, yes, you're right. Um, to uh, to use each card, each archetype, because every one of them serves. There's no, oh yeah, I don't need that one. I never, you know, I never use yeah. that one. But all of them will serve something at some point because it's a complete system. Um, to as so as you rightly say, at some point in your life, at a particular area of your life, you may need to to build a relationship with a particular archetype, a particular major arcana card, and um, yeah, and 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 re uh, what is it underline or, or or kind of strengthen your bond, your connection with, as you say, like the magician, for example, who is yeah. also coordinating. He's the mastermind coordinator who's coordinating all the four different elements uh, in the tarot cards. For those of you that got your cards uh, with you, it's the only card that has all four elements in them. Uh, so it's got the wand, it's got the sword, it's got the um, cup, and it's got the um, uh, the coin. Um, so he's coordinating all four elements. As you have, as you rightly say, you have to be really centered in order to kind of almost like a conductor, you know, sort of um, uh, 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 kind of navigating it and bringing it all together, especially if you're if you're, you're stepping into power in a public arena. Um, so that's a really good example. And also being the number one, it's a very masculine energy. So you are creating, in fact, you're creating, aren't you? So magician is, is the creator. So you're co-creator, you're creating that reality. You're giving a, a fantastic speech, whatever it is, or a talk. And uh, yeah, you want to be right in your power. And often not in all cards is body language is one finger pointing up, one finger pointing down, because that's the heavenly connection. That's the inspiration. But he's grounding those ideas. And he is the go-between between the yeah. two. So that's a yeah. fantastic pick for what you described. Yeah, and it's a it, it's an interesting way of thinking about how if, if when I was looking at sort of um, the clients that come through our services that I've been managing over the last couple of decades, 
mm. is when people go and look for help they're on a particular level of the change cycle so sometimes mm. people don't have any awareness what's going on but they just don't feel right so they want some guidance sometimes yeah. people have an awareness of what's going on but they haven't got the confidence or the resources or whatever to take action or the timing's wrong and some people are taking action but then change the mind or step one step back one step forward and so in the psychology that we use was about thinking about the level of change where they are on that cycle of change in their own journey so me using tools with them uh, to help push through that awareness if they're really blocked, like you said, the eight of swords, and they've got really stuck thought, uh, mental patterns, it's often that's the work to get them through, like what you say, the through the swords and start having a bit more fluidity and tapping into the intuition so that yeah. they can start to feel as though there's some potential and possibilities. And they're sometimes the hardest clients to work in, the ones that can't see beyond the, the yeah. mental structures of the mind. And also the um, and that actually that's again an, another a, a brilliant point that um, that I do as much as I can. I'm aware that just giving a, a one-off reading, okay, they might come back six months later or, or a year later. Um, the healer in me kind of goes, well, that's great that you gave a reading, but it's just going to be a drop in the ocean if they just kind of walk away. And and sometimes that's all they want, you know, that's what they need. Yeah. They just want to, you know, maybe that's that's where they're at. But if somebody's willing to take responsibility, then I, I'm quite proud of myself to. Um, plant some seeds for them of uh, have you considered a yoga class and you know something that isn't going to be coming directly from the Praveen show yeah. or the Praveen workshop you know which you know may be coming but it's it's it, it, I don't want it to be dependent on me do you know what I mean I don't want it to get locked into me yeah. it's their journey so that they do need to do something on a regular basis that is gonna to bring them back to that state of awareness so when you give a good reading they're so aligned with their truth you've helped them step away from their their life that's currently maybe that's all they see in front of them like the sat nav you all you see is traffic in front of you but the sat nav is saying no no it's a clear road ahead you can't see it right now through your you know through your screen um, then that's where it's really helpful to um, uh, uh, plant some seeds like a class of yoga or meditation or what again that's where intuition is helpful I may pick something or, or come up with something that is really in tune with them because it isn't always going to be a one-size-fits-all but to just encourage them to get involved in something so that the reading is not just the one-stop shop but actually yeah. you know it's like wow I'm inspired now and then let's keep that momentum going and, yeah. and what else can we get involved in and there's so many amazing things on YouTube and uh, you know that even for just for free that you can you can do you know guided meditations and things like that or see my own ones I do but there's just there's such a wealth of information out there to keep you connected to what is important and not get caught up in you know whatever which we all have to some degree um, you know what life is always throwing at us. I think you raised some really uh, interesting points because as you know my field that I've been involved with for over 20 years is mental health and well-being and yeah. I've always been an advocate that you know even if I was working like as a, a, a psychotherapist or um, I'm teaching yoga or meditation whatever the thing is that I'm doing I'm well aware that the research and the research is coming out even more now that when we meet people we need to be helping them to think about the different dimensions of their life um, mm. and again it's it's tricky to get someone to think about those different dimensions if they're really caught in the story and you can often tell when someone's caught in the story because they will you know keep revisiting the the rationalizations as to why what's going on is going on or what what they think about it 
But if you start to, and I think going back to Abraham, uh, Abraham Hicks and the law of attraction, if you stay stuck thinking about the problem, uh, really what you've got to do is shift your attention and awareness to something completely different that doesn't have the same energetic uh, power to it and that might be just playing with your kids taking the uh, dog for a walk yeah. washing up doing something completely different but thinking about those different dimensions of your life because what we know in coaching is you can get someone to think about every dimension but it's too overwhelming to consider yes. every dimension and put something in place but what you can say is What's the dimension that's going to give you the, the 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 quickest relief right now? So it might be a massage, it might be going to a yoga class, uh, and then what is it you can consistently try out for a week or two weeks? Unless they're in crisis, unless they're getting married, unless they're moving house, and then you know I'm teaching uh, emotional regulation and stress management because that's when our nervous system is. Uh, too overtaxed and at that point people will find it difficult uh, to take in the information so you're in a sort of rock and a hard place really uh, yeah. because often when people are searching they're at a point in which yeah. it's possibly too much for them to comprehend the other things that they can do but some of those other things will give them like relief and then then they can uh, sometimes add on to the information that you've shared or you provide carve enough of a space for them yeah. to consider uh, that's a good what else is, yeah, yeah. that's a very good way of putting it is, is to give is the space and so many people don't have that um it's like their life is right up there in front of their face and they've got no they've got no psychological mental emotional space from the situation yeah i mean that again that's yoga meditation all that kind of stuff that's what's really i take it for granted now but to have that space is so yeah. helpful um, yeah, obviously you don't just, realize uh, yeah. do you until you start no. doing it just how uh, how vital you know really is a life force especially yeah. as we started off saying so I'm aware of time we've got a few minutes left but um, I think it takes us right back to the beginning you know that really um, tarot is a, an experience that somebody can have that can help them uh, make some sense of where they're at and understand some of the circumstances and maybe have some of the things that they've been doing validated um, and it can be uh, confidence building and it can be provide nice direction so um, is there any final thoughts about tarot and the system and how you work that you'd like to uh, let people know about before we close yeah yeah have a creative um, it's a very creative experience it's the other thing i wanted to describe i think it's very helpful um, it's such a creative experience and it just helps you pull yourself out of your own world and see how much more there is to explore and discover about yourself. And uh, certainly if you're at a stage in your life where you're kind of thinking, yeah, I, I like my life, but, you know, is there anything more? Um, you know, what else is there out there? Then I'd really encourage you to have a reading and, and just have that, have it as an experience. Um, it, it's a fascinating thing. It's the only reason I got into it. It's, only, it's, it's how I got into it. I was just open to having an experience. Like, okay, that's interesting. Mm. And uh, and it's lovely. It's, it's, it's the one thing the last three, four years have taught us. It's self-care is now right on the top of the list. Yeah. And it's a wonderful thing to have uh, as, as a form of self-care, to have someone talk about you and you only is a really lovely, loving thing to do for yourself. So you know, be kind to yourself and, and give it a go if you haven't already. That's a really interesting point that you uh, end with, actually, because I remember when I first started training as a therapist, uh, as part of the course, you had to go to personal therapy and we were all moaning like, mm, you have to go, you know, and then there came a time in my life where the 
the value of that hour a week to myself to be with someone and as well-meaning as you can have with friends who are there listening often give their own interpretation of, of your events or what you should do because they get frustrated with you it's it's a really uh, good space to be able to sit in and, and work through some stuff and sometimes you come back with answers and sometimes you just feel like relief and I think in terms of our nervous systems are so bombarded with everything that's going on at the moment, whether it's the news, everything that's been happening in different countries, um, the things that are going on in the family, the government, all of that, you know, our nervous systems uh, require a rest and that will support someone's capacity to also develop their own intuition so they can navigate their next step forward. So, uh, yeah, so thank you for coming on um and sharing your gift with us so uh yeah if anyone is interested uh you've got your special offer running till the end of june so i think we just said you had to quote i've forgotten it already was it mel uh yeah mel tarot yeah. so if yeah. you quote that it'll be uh 25 off uh, an 80 pound one hour reading uh reduced to 60 pounds uh and um i can mention my website i guess is that helpful yep yeah. Uh, so I'm kingofrelaxation.com. So if you want to get in contact with me through there, I've got all my details, uh, Instagram, uh, email, uh, mobile phone, and then you can just take your pick uh, and learn a little bit more about me if you need to. Um, but Mel, yeah. it's been fantastic. I really enjoyed that. Brilliant. All right. Lovely. Thanks for coming.